You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined this evening by John Townley in what is a bit of an impromptu podcast really. We planned to do this Wednesday morning with Ash. I messaged you, John, about 20 minutes ago and said, forget about Ash. Maybe we'll do something tomorrow as, as well, but got to get on tonight and talk about it. It feels silly to kind of wait while the, the the atmosphere feels so good tonight across social media and obviously in the ground tonight, some of the photos and videos that are coming out. feels a bit like um, a bit of a sliding doors moment or a bit of a, a, a turning point in some ways of what could be achieved this season. Um, yeah. yeah, very exciting. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, yeah, I'm sort of speechless and lost of words and I'm a bit dizzy. Like, it's just mad. It, <laughs> we've only beaten Leicester. We've won like three times <laughs> But, but get in though get in I know it's just mad I've come down from the high and I'm like in the five stages of happiness I'm now at the, sort of the end point of just what on earth have I just seen um, I'm sweating and I'm shaking it's mad I lost my TV remote I said to you earlier like in the celebrations and stuff just went down the back of the sofa and I spent 20 minutes getting that so that's why we're a bit delayed but yeah I'm just speechless man mental you can't sum it up in any sort of way possible at the moment we need like a couple of days to come back down to reality because yeah, <laughs> just mental ending to that game yeah, it's, it's not great is it for a podcast to sit here and say oh, I've lost word on Switch just, we've done this a few times on the show <laughs> this is kind of like post-match debrief unfiltered I've got no kind of agenda I've got no notes I don't know what we're going to talk about I don't really want to talk about like the game specifics because if we are doing another show tomorrow we'll kind of go through it minute by minute kind of thing like we normally would yeah. it's just like let's talk about the vibes tonight. that's what it feels like just like the excitement and happiness there's a video that I've just seen on social media that I've tweeted the person in the stadium to say can we post it can we like have your permission to use it uh, yeah. I don't know whether you've seen it yet but it's all like all the players in the in front of the away end Emmy Martinez has got Bertrand Traore on his, on his shoulders the away end is oh Bertrand Traore and the players are singing in with it and that mm-hmm. kind of whole um 30 second video whatever it is kind of encapsulates what is happening here at Aston Villa at the moment that it feels like I don't want to kind of say that we're going to go on a 10 game winning run because I don't believe we are going to do that but it feels similar to the back end of that last championship season where something is happening here at Aston Villa something exciting is kind of cooking under the surface and we spoke on the podcast we did the other day that kind of flying under under the radar a little bit we're just ticking along nicely aren't we yeah it it's just surreal, to be honest. Like genuinely, just tonight in general, the game. We haven't even done anything yet, by the way. We haven't qualified for Europe. We haven't won a league. We haven't won a trophy. And we all feel like this euphoric sense of achievement. Imagine what it's going to be like in eight games' time if we do eventually do something. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely not on form for a podcast right now. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I'm, I feel high. Like I'm. It's just surreal. We've been speaking for years about like trying to qualify for Europe and. Hell, we could lose our last games or whatever. I don't, I don't know, but it's just the fact that we are there. We know we can do it, and we're in a position to go and qualify for Europe. It's mad just to think about, um, and the manner that we've won tonight is, just, yeah, I'm emotional, man. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's just a surreal sort of feeling, and I don't know. In a week or something, you look back at this, or opposition fans will look back at this and think like, oh. What you know, pair of losers? You know, Leicester, why they're all, why they're crying for? You know, it's not like that. <laughs> We've built, everyone's done that, but you just got to feel it. Like in the moment, it's just a madness, and this is what football's about. And yeah, there's just so much stuff that we'll probably talk about more tomorrow with Ash or something. Um, in terms of the sort of lowdown on the game, but yeah, for the moment, you just got to sort of drink it in because 
yeah, it doesn't happen many times in a season and we've had it rough over the last few years and to kind of be on the form we're on and what's ahead as well under Emery. Um, I mean, the team that he has, he has one player that he's bought and he's doing this. Like We've won five of the last six games, considered one goal from open play in that time um, and won that game tonight the way that we did. Bertrand Traore, who was at Istanbul by Shkirshkir. Like... I, when, so I was doing like the social tonight for us and I, I'd obviously not prepared a goal graphic for Bertrand Toro because at the start of the season he was binned off by Steven Gerrard off to obscurity in Turkey. Didn't think he'd come back and when he has, I've just not got around to it. Also, he looks very different in the pictures now than he did when he was first with us. He's got no hair now. Uh, his only graphics would have been out of date so I've not got anything for him. So when he scored, I just put in capitals, we haven't got a goal graphic but Bertrand Toro has scored. It's like, what an absolute madness. Bertrand Toro of all people coming back from obscurity in Turkey to potentially not score the goal that gets us into Europe, but keeps us ticking along nicely, like I said, to uh, to, to score. Uh, what a goal, by the way. Like I said, I know we'll talk about kind of the match-specific stuff tomorrow, but he's cheeky, isn't he, Bertrand? What a Honestly, the compilation that he's got, it's a, the, the amount of goals that he's scored that have um, just been worldies, like serious worldies. The one against Man United, the cheeky one against West Brom, the one that he scored against Newcastle, I think it was as well. And tonight, the audacity just to think, oh, by the way, I'll just lob the keeper from here. <laughs> Insane. It's funny, isn't it? It's one thing thinking it in the split second. One thing just, as John McGinn said, he's got a curly toe, just whipping it over the keeper. Like, <laughs> oh, completely speechless. It's insane what's going on um, and the way it's happening. Oh, yeah, there is parallels to that sort of 10 game. We're not in the same, like, are oh, we going to win 10 games or are we going to... Um, you know, do whatever, get every success that comes away, nothing like that, but it's just the sort of emotion about it of, oh, this is actually happening and we're there and, yeah, as I say, speechless. I'm kind of just skimming around the edges because we'll speak more in depth tomorrow when I've um, had a nice... No one's sleeping, are they, until like 4 a.m. tonight? So, this is the thing, it's almost like I'm, I'm still working tonight anyway. I'm doing social posts and stuff. Like, we might as well just jump on for even if it's 10 minutes and just kind of have this kind of decompression after a game where we kind of let everything out. Let's just do that on air and see where where we go. Uh, There's two comments here that I like from Neil and Sam. who said, don't care where if if we finish ninth now, we've finally got some hope. Emery's outstanding. Imagine where we would be if Gerard managed to get another three or four points, which, yeah, I mean, that's madness, isn't it? If we were even slightly less crap under Steven Gerard, we'd now be sitting possibly... In the, six, top in the top four, like six points right. off the top four, which is is, is madness. Um, and from Sam, Champions League form in the league since Emery's come in, that's nothing but phenomenal, regardless of how we finish. Which is kind of like my overarching, um, overriding, I guess, uh, kind of thought about about what Emery's doing this season and where we're headed. As I, I think I posted a tweet from our current blue account during the game where we did the other day saying Can Villa qualify for Europe, and I quote tweeted it and said yes from tonight even if we don't qualify for Europe even if we do finish 10th 9th whatever it is the fact that we've even had this kind of hope in this season this was a season that we started the season where we're losing to Bournemouth when McGinn uh, Louise Mings Watkins Brendier were sat on the bench under Steven Gerrard we had a World Cup break midway through we've changed managers we've gone on losing streaks we've gone on winning streaks this season's been utterly bizarre so to end it with some kind of positivity it doesn't matter if we don't get over the line this season imagine you get to the summer and you think we've had a barnstorming start to 2023 a great end to the season Emery can now go and buy his players we've almost got this feeling back of 
hope and expectation that next season we could we've now got something to build on is my point even if we don't achieve anything this season as i say we're there i'm i'm convinced now that we're we are that team that can qualify for Europe. Um, maybe not this season. Maybe we can, but next year we're there. It, you, I know there's a bit of like a bit of a banter between Newcastle and Villa fans on social media, which I think is a bit weird. But this is the, so I don't really want to compare us to them. But this is sort of what they were doing last year with Howe. Mm. Um, I know they didn't finish as high as hopefully what we will. But in terms of the form, because they were at the right at the bottom of the table, weren't they? And then all yeah. that positivity comes into the new season. Um, and look what they've done this year. They're probably going to qualify for Champions League. I'm not saying that's what we'll do, but it's that, you know, in the Premier League, if you can get yourselves together, you you can go on these runs over the course of a few seasons, like Wolves did it. West Ham have done it for a couple of years. Leicester did it too. We want to do what they've done and stay there, like Newcastle do as well. So you're almost looking at it and thinking it's going to be like a, yeah, for me, Tottenham were never in a, you know, a big six sort of um, company anyway. You're looking at it and thinking it's a big five, obviously, Liverpool and Chelsea haven't done so well this year, which has allowed a Newcastle to come up. Um, mm. They're coming over the hill, even though no one else seems to realise it up until now. But yeah, just, wow. So it's quite emotional thinking that you're like, you're there. Like you're, we, we know that we're good enough now, having done what we've done. We've kind of come over every sort of challenge over mm. the last um, 15 games, last six games, obviously, because we've done well, but we've had moments of you know, Leicester um, making mistakes and now we're all the better for it, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, it's just crazy what's happened in 16 games and how Emery's transformed a group of players who were, you know, on the cusp of a sort of relegation fight under Steven Gerrard and that says a lot about his management as, as much as anything. But to get the to get what he's getting out of the group of players and credit to the players as well for taking on board, you know, the sort of two hour long sessions and video replays or whatever at Bodymore and taking it into games, all the tactics and everything that comes with it. It's just yeah, it's just crazy, man. And so the manner of tonight sort of really hammers home how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Literally in the space of like three months. Um but yeah, don't know. I can't sort of look beyond his goal and <laughs> in the last minute, which obviously sends your ticker and everything. And at that point, I was still on the um, still on the Hive Triore. So I was almost like, well, you know what? We've had that moment. <laughs> Maybe we can't have everything our way. Um, and obviously, it wasn't a penalty anyways. I don't know why mm. he gave it in the first place. Yeah. But yeah, it was almost like a you, you're going to have to sort of um, scrap for it tonight in terms of us, you know, having the game and. Yeah, I don't know, man. Lost words. So it's just <laughs> a feeling of elation and relief and joy, and so looking forward to something as well. In yeah. terms of the year and games to come, we're, we're there. We're in. I was thinking to be fair, halfway through the game, like, oh, it's a bit weird that we're. Um, there's not pressure on the game, but there's, like, we've got something to play for all of a sudden because we were obviously 11th for so long. And it was almost, in a way, nice to play with a bit of freedom. And now all of a sudden, it's like, well, actually, we've got something to play for. So it's, you get mm-hmm. a bit nervous again. And. <laughs> to come away from the game as we did. Yeah. I mean, we're getting, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. We said after the Chelsea game, it was important to back up a good win like that with two easier games in Leicester than, and Forest to now go and play the away game and, and win again. And, and we really are the kind of spoken for riding the crest of the wave or the trajectory or the upward turn in the graph or whatever analogy you, you want to use. Yeah. You look at the Forest game on, on Saturday for Villa Park, three o'clock kickoff, not on TV, no distractions. It's a team that's really kind of in free fall, a bit like Leicester, I suppose. Steve Cooper, will you be there? Won't you be there? 
the atmosphere should be absolutely electric for that game because like you just said there is it's not that before we didn't have anything to play for but it was kind of let's just see what happens this season Emery's made us better but you know we probably won't do anything so now there's a genuine possibility that we can get into European football this season beating Forest and getting nine points in the space of a week is absolutely massive Brighton's still to come Brentford's still to come Fulham's still to come Spurs Liverpool all sides in and around us or above us start picking off points from against those sides that are around us it's, it's genuinely possible at this point I feel like there have been times throughout the podcast this year when we've kind of gone Europe is it possible we've gone nah don't be silly don't be stupid there's no way so now it is, it's a genuine conversation in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. um you and me filmed a podcast at the start of March, was I think. You came around mine and we did like a batch recording of a few different things and it was the title, something like the five steps to European football or something. And we were like really positive and oh, it could be done, but maybe next season, like, oh, we'll see what happens this season, but yeah, next season is the one we go for it. Since then, we've won another two games. We were talking like, oh, 14 games for Emery's had a good start. We've won two in a row or three in a row, whatever it was at the time, or unbeaten in two or three. We've got, another, we've got another six points since then. So now watching that video back with the extra benefit of that we've played two more and won two more, and that video comes out on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever it is, it's like, okay, well, five steps to Europe might be the five steps to Europe this season. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's just... Yeah, I hope. Yeah, um, it's just so, so, so good. It's nice to be positive and so upbeat about Villa at, at long last. Yeah, obviously, because that was pre-recorded. <laughs> Hopefully, the stuff we say on there isn't particularly... Um, Stupid, I suppose. Now, as you say, that we've won two games, it's, just, it's justified that we're talking about yours, I suppose. Yeah, but it's mad what a win can do for your confidence as well. Like we were, I was saying with Neil, obviously the other, the other night after the uh, Chelsea game, are we going to qualify for Europe this season? And I kind of said no, sort of emphatically, because you've still got Liverpool, Brentford, Brighton, who are all top teams in their own right. Chelsea are always going to be there as well. You know, but I know they're below us, but you know. Um, they're all brilliant teams and they've been brilliant teams all season. Not Liverpool and Chelsea, but the squad of players that they have compared to us. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, just lost for words. And bring, I think you should bring um, a special guest in. Yeah, you're lost for words. So I thought I'd send a cheeky message to Matt Kendricks. I've seen him in the comments. And I thought, if he's around, let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> buzzing? Same as yeah, mate, I've just been, just been having a granddad nap. Have I missed anything? <laughs> uh, is your passport in date? <laughs> oh, don't, don't, um, I ain't got time I to tell you the passport story, but yes, it is, and it's ready to be stamped. Um, I've not even seen the game. <laughs> I've not even seen the game. I've just followed it from a, my, my son's screams. He may or may not have been watching it on, you know, um, dodgy means. Uh, I've seen Bertie's goal, and I've still seen the celebrations, and I've seen Ollie Watkins march on to becoming the greatest centre forward in Aston Villa history, but. I don't know. You've not. You've, what, what have you? What do you want from me? <laughs> Why am I here? This we yeah. we said at the start. We uh, the original plan was it was me, John, and Ash tomorrow, and we'll sit down and we'll have time to think about the game in a bit more detail because you know we've not watched it and blah blah blah. But we thought let's you know the the, the kind of atmosphere is so positive at the moment. You know, we might all have seen dodgy means to who, who can say what how, how we watch the game but we might have seen bits and pieces and uh, so we thought we've seen enough to be able to talk about it we'll get Ash on tomorrow anyway and we'll talk to him but I messaged John about half an hour ago and said forget Ash let's just go live tonight and then when I saw you in the comments I thought yeah I'll just jump on as well let's just chat let's ride the, the positive emotions and get carried away basically Mrs Kendrick thinks I'm doing spreadsheets I'm supposed to be going down first <laughs> to watch Luther um so <laughs> okay. you're gonna have to be very quiet to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> what was um 
sorry, because people have obviously seen all this, and you're filling in the the ignorant old man. What was the the penalty that was that was overturned? Because the stream had gone by then, and we were just kind of watching it on on kind of text updates. It was agonising. So, was it the right? Well, it was the right decision for us. But what what happened? Um, I, I don't know really. It was given as a, a little like Watkins' slice Dacker down, I think, in, in the box. But Dacker had pushed Watkins beforehand, kind of making him. It was never a penalty, basically. Yeah, I don't know why the referee's given it in the first place, to be honest. But VAR, at long last, we can talk about VAR in a positive light. Did its job. That's what it was there for. It was the wrong decision. It was obviously wrong. The change. I think less the fans. I think less fans were getting really tired <laughs> with the ref because Jewsbury all had his second booking, and it, there, there were two yellow cards. But as a home crowd, you're always going to be annoyed with it, and then a lot of decisions weren't going their way. And then I think the ref probably thought at the end because it looked like a fifty-fifty. Like was it? I can't quite tell you. I think he gave it and thought, well, I've got VAR to back me up anyway. Mm, if, if it's not the right call, and to be fair, that's why VAR is there, isn't it? It was never a foul, and it was a foul on Watkins. So yeah, sort of. But we were saying like it weren't good for our hearts. Like, oh goodness me! Like after coming coming down from the hive, trial rate to that was um, crazy. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Was it, um, was it a classic Unai away performance? Because the the home game against Leicester, I think, is the only time in the Premier League since he's been here that that we've really even then I think we were there were chances for us to score goals in the game to go another way. But that was the the one where I feel a little bit let down, to be honest. So did mm. did we go there and do a a very thorough Unai-like job on them tonight then? Or... I think so, yeah. Was, you kind of look at away games now, don't you? It's not that they're the tougher fixtures in your home. It's like, oh, yeah, Aston Villa go away and win. Yeah, <laughs> we've I got think... next away, we'll win. That's how I, I feel I at the moment. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, I think... It's I went to um, last Wednesday. I went to a pub with my mate Alan, who's a, a Villa fan, and he travels home and away. And he should know better because he's he's in his mid sixties now. A big shout out to Oz from Rowley Regis, and uh, he was telling me he showed me this picture on his phone after the Everton game, and uh, apparently, apparently, his wife. He told his wife, "I'll be back decent time," and then the time that he said he'd be home, they hadn't actually left Liverpool because uh, they were still drinking, and he was saying that. Now Villa win away, like really, really kind of hardcore away days are even worse because they've got reason to celebrate. They're, normally <laughs> they're drowning the sorrows, but they've got reason to celebrate. And he ended up collapsing and banging his head off the step. And it was like a, like a murder scene, actually, apparently, on his doorstep because there's a lot of blood up everywhere. But, you know, he's loving it. He's, lo- <laughs> he's, lo- he's loving the journey, man. There's parrot everywhere. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, it's just classic it's classic villa at this point. we've used the word classic villa on this podcast a lot to mean something where you know things usually go wrong or you know, I was almost half expecting it to, to fizzle out to be a one one draw and to be talking about oh well Chelsea was a high but not beating Leicester away. It's a bit of bit of a come down. Villa just managed to find a way under Emery that you just think we yeah, had they'll do something here that they'll always score they'll always create chances and like the podcast you did John with John McKenzie that you're playing from the back to I found that really interesting by the way you're playing from the back the word that I liked is that it was repeatable you can always do the same thing so Villa know that they're going to create the same kind of chances they know where their teammates are they know what kind of positions they're going to be in Um, so you just have this sense of almost inevitability with Villa now that they will make chances they will score goals and we keep enough clean sheets here and there as well that we we're winning games and it's like I said before Matt came on it's all just kind of ticking along nicely that everything feels nice about the club at the moment the players look 
you know, um, the togetherness and the camaraderie and stuff looks great. The, the relationship between players and fans is back to what it was. I think um, under well, in the championship days, I guess, which was that battered under Steven Gerrard. Let's face it. Um, yeah, everything just feels like Ian Robertson. Ian Robertson says, "There, we've got our Villa back." That's what it feels like. Back and then some, though. Like yeah. before I came on, like I'm still a bit speechless. But I'm, I said, like I was emotional, and it just feels surreal that we're that we're back to where we were, not like five, six years ago. Back to where we were, like O'Neill, because this is where we were. We were obviously slightly hard chasing Champions League, but the feeling that we have from where we've come from over like the last not even just 12 months, but like the last three years or whatever it may be, out coming out of the championship, staying up. And all of a sudden we're here. It feels like it's all just happened in the space of like three months. I was thinking how Emery will come in and maybe in two years' time we'll be in Europe or banging around there because he's going to have a long project and this is the sort of sort of long-term strategy that we're going to have to implement to get to where we want to because we can't do anything quickly because no one seems to. Yet we've almost done what it's say, like Newcastle have done in a way. We've just sort of upset the apple cart. We we're there. Like we're, we we can qualify for Europe this season and then next year who knows what we can do after that so that, yeah, bad. that video of Johnny who said something like I don't know whether you've seen it Matt but he said something like it takes ages for football clubs to be good at football it takes them years to kind of get somewhere and I, when I, I was editing through it I was like yeah that kind of makes sense like it's a longer term thing now I think what's John McKenzie on about we're good now <laughs> it's only taking two months <laughs> do you think we do you think we're exceeding exceeding uh, Unai's expectations, or do you think, you know, he he knew this was always always the plan? Do you know what I mean? Because what what you said there, I did did watch the podcast. I thought it I thought it was fascinating. I thought it was really educational as well. But the thing about it is just removing the variables. I mean, you've you said repeatables, and it's it sounds like a simple philosophy, but to get your team to turn and play that so quickly, but he had no doubt that what he was going to try and the, the methods he was going to try and imprint on this team, he was going to stick with them no matter what. And the fact he's been able to do it with, you know, there's not much, who did we, who did we sign? We've signed big, big John, haven't we? And we've signed Moreno. So he's working pretty much with the ingredients that he's got. So to turn mm. that round so quickly, and I don't want to keep harking about that other podcast, because you might as well just listen to it. Cause you're going to get the insight straight from, straight from the horse's mouth. But, I thought it was was interesting what he said about it being Unai's way is so so based upon doing the same things and the same patterns of play correct all the time that that will be good enough to beat you know I don't know three quarters three quarters of the division. I'm already getting excited and carried away about when we evolve that pattern of play yeah. to be able to to change within games. You know, so I am probably getting getting a bit ahead of myself because even the basics seems to be taking us to a level that we haven't been for a decade. Uh, but listen, I, I, I was listening in before I jumped on, and you're exactly right that if Villa finish, is <laughs> is me bringing the negative to kind of you know calm the room down a little bit. But if Villa finish. 11th or 12th, still this season, it's still a success from what he inherited. It's just such a remarkable transformation that the fact we can even contemplate Europe. And I know we've played a couple more games than some of the teams around us, but effectively, finishing Europe could still be in our own hands now with the teams that we've got to play. And that's remarkable. Brighton at home on the last day of the season is potentially massive if we're both still in with a shout. Imagine what the atmosphere will be like if it's our winner takes all, winner takes seventh place, sixth place. 
Fourth uh, place. Yeah. I think that I'm not. I don't. I haven't seen the table absolutely, but for sure. But I think some teams have some games around uh, games in hand or whatever. But as Matt says, because we've actually gained points now and we play them. For example, Liverpool. I think have a game in hand, but we must be a couple of points ahead of them now. So I'm not sure you're going to say. We avoid defeat against them. We're ahead of them, aren't we? So. Um, I think that's right. I don't know. <laughs> There's the table for you. So Liverpool have got played 28. Yeah. We've played 29. They were point behind. Their goal difference is 16 better than that. Right. If they were to win that game. But it, it, you know what? It's mental to even... Like I was The Chelsea and Liverpool game, to think that it was like, oh, we could do with a draw here, to even be caring about that game, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Says says everything. Um, wanting Bournemouth to beat Brighton instead of the other way around. <laughs> yeah. A massive change in like the space of months. So, yeah, I'm... You almost we don't want to get too um uh what's the word like too um you know too demanding about where where we're supposed to finish or whatever because I would still take just take top ten you know yeah Europe would be fantastic and hell we could go and win every game I have no idea but just the sort of the feeling that we have now of as people have said in the comments we got the Villa back and we are on the up Emery's doing this with one more player in his starting eleven than what he had before he took over it's the turnaround is just you can't measure it it's just mad and again people from the outside weren't really seeing this up until we beat Chelsea um, yeah. and but even then like the, we talked about like the external media representation of us before and how when Villa were 11th it was kind of like the bottom 11 or the or the top 10 or the top 9 or whatever to to disclude Villa Oh, was it the opposite way around? Everyone knows what I'm on about, basically. When Villa, when Ch- now Chelsea are 11th, it's like, oh, let's just show the bottom nine of the Premier League. Has it ever been the bottom nine? It's always the top 10 and the bottom 10, isn't it? When Villa were 11th, it was always the top nine or whatever. Everyone knows what I'm on about. Um, the last thing I wanted to end this on, because we said we didn't want to do all night because we're probably going to do another show tomorrow anyway and, and get Ash on. Mm-hmm. Emery's got however many points for us now. Has he won 10 games now? Is that 30 points plus a couple Ten of draws? One, yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Whatever he's got. There's um, how many games left? Is it 10? Nine for us now. So 27 points available. There was a point during the podcast when Emery was relatively new in charge, but we were starting to play well where I think we had 25 points and and we were still talking about relegation and things like that. And I said, forget all that. We'll absolutely get at least 50 points because Emery's already done so well to begin with despite Steven Gerrard dodgy start halfway through the season we've got 25 the second half of the season we'll easily get another 25 and finish on at least 50 points um, we're now on 44 points that kind of prediction feels pretty much justified I don't see us getting less than six points in the remaining nine games so to you two and to the comments as well because there's 839 people watching live tonight so thank you very much for tuning in it's 27 points available Matt you first how many points will Villa finish on? Your prediction, please. John, then you, and comments far and through, and I'll flash them on screen. Just trying, just trying to do the math. Is it 71? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 71 total, yeah. I think so. Yeah, 71 points. For... <sighs> I don't know, mate. I just want to enjoy, enjoy this evening. I think I think we'll we'll, we'll smash through the 50 that, that looked like a, a stretch too far. The, the one thing that I wanted to um, say about it as well is, is doing all this and being... Such a lovely man. He's a bloke, bloke without an ego. He kind of sums up the the team ethic. And I don't think. Listen, some managers are, are really kind of skilled communicators and PR merchants, where they play the fan card a little bit. I think he genuinely means it. I think he feels feels that he feels that warmth and support. And that picture that he uh, tweeted on um, 
whatever night, Saturday night on the way back from Chelsea. It's just brilliant. You know, it's kind of almost leading Villa, Villa into a, onto a European adventure by day and then giving mortgage <laughs> advice uh, on bank, bank, bank of England base rates by night. There's nothing the man, man can't do. He's just, just such a, a lovely, warm, engaging manager, which gets you so far winning football matches consistently. Um, and making us believe again that every time we play a football match, we're capable of winning it is something else. So, in answer to your question, I, I think we'll. So, what we got? How many games we got left? Nine games left. So, twenty-seven points to play for. We got forty-four points currently. So, another three wins, for example, would get you to fifty-six. Four wins <laughs> get it to fifty-six. Yeah, let's let's go for somewhere between fifty-five and sixty. I don't know exactly, but I'd I'd be satisfied with that. I think. Well, I'd probably be satisfied with seventy-one, but let's not be greedy. The kind of general consensus in the comments is 60, 61, 62 60. is the rough target. Target because that's another sixteen points. So, almost fifteen points. Was that four? Can't do five, much. Five wins from nine. Five wins and a draw from nine. Sixty points has to be the aim. I, think, I say has to. I think that will be the. If you look at the fixtures as well coming up, we can we can get that. If we do anything more than that, I think it will be incredible because that will be then we've lost like one game in what would be like fifteen games because obviously we've not lost in six now. So yeah, don't know. Let's try and get sixty. If it gets any more than that, I think that's just um, that'll be balmy. That'll be too much to handle. <laughs> Yeah, it's just great, isn't it? It just all feels really nice at the moment, as we said. We are going to do another show tomorrow, I think. Maybe you, me, John, uh, you, me, Ash, and John. <laughs> John, you, me, and Ash, Christ. Uh, I'll be a bit more composed by then, and we'll do a bit of a Q&A or something, and we'll do a, an hour-long special on how Unai Emery has actually done this transformation. Um, very quickly, Matt, uh, you're not sat in the dark. You look nice, you sound nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, is there nothing Unai can't do? He's come round here, he's talking out my audio. <laughs> He sorted out my uh, my mic. All he needs to do now is give me a hair transplant, and we're uh, we're well away, aren't we? So I've, you've been nagging me for long enough. You know, I've had to do a mad. Yeah. This, is, this is tidy. I've had to do a mad tidy up, and then can you see that little thing over my shoulder? I think that's a little. You know, that little horse thing I showed you the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I said to I said that then to. Oh, what have you done? But I know that you've been working on uh, getting your background set up. You video called me the other day when you got your new webcam. Asking me to help set it up and stuff. And I wrote this down. Where is it on my desk? Hold on. We were chatting. I said, I've got to remember this. I can back of a clout and blue sticker, by the way. I've got to write this down so I can remember to ask you the next time you're on. I put <laughs> juggling and unicycle. Why do you have where, a unicycle in your bedroom? Where are we going with this? <laughs> Dare I ask? <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even a joke. Unicycle our way into Europe, mate. Um, yeah. it was bought for me by my wife as a as a forty fortieth birthday present several years ago, and I was going to try and um, I can try and crack it, but I'm just not brave enough to do it. I just think I'm going to be like Humpty Dumpty and end up smacking my big egg head on the floor or crushing my uh, <laughs> crushing my juggling balls on the saddle, shall we say? So Got I will try. I will try and learn it, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Oh, I love this for me, and you know, cycle. Good oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah, I'm having good. That. Good, good. But when you said it, you were just like, oh, I've got to tidy up a little bit. I'll just move my unicycle. And I thought, oh, I've got classic Kendrick. Like, he's obviously just said something silly. And then you walk past <laughs> with this unicycle. I was like, Christ, got to mention that. I'll tell you what, and I'm going to regret saying this. Why don't, if Villa qualify for Europe yeah. this season, don't say it. I'll learn to ride that by the end of this year. Does that sound okay. like a deal? Okay. 
What I'm oh, hearing is... Lost, but, well, we don't get another point. <laughs> <laughs> the first European game from next season away in Poland or whatever, you're going to ride to the airport on a unicycle. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> um, yeah, lovely stuff. Thank you both. Thanks for joining me this evening. Loads and loads of people watching, so thanks for joining in. Um, we will do another episode tomorrow with me, John and Ash. We'll do some kind of Q&A, um, so stay tuned for that as well. There was a video on Thursday that me and John recorded a few weeks ago about the five steps to European football. Since then, we've won two more games, so we're, we're edging ever closer to it. So um, subscribe to the channel, like the video, all that usual stuff. Get involved in the comment section down below as well. Um, we do read everything and we try and reply where we can. Matt, thanks for jumping on as a special guest. Thanks for doing all your webcam and your unicycle nonsense. John, thanks for joining me as always. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everyone. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.